All right, everybody. It is Thursday, February 23rd, 223 You're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Mo Shpununu. This is the place where we bring you just the facts and reread all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. I am in Washington, D.C. today to receive a very exciting honor from the National Press Foundation. It's our first award here recognizing our work at Mo News. The award is called the Chairman's Citation. It is truly an honor to receive this from the National Press Foundation. It's an organization that works on journalism education, funds training and scholarships for the next generation of reporters. So we're really thrilled to be in the nation's capital receiving that award tonight. We'll have much more coverage on our Instagram account today. But let's get started here with today's news. Wicked weather is hitting a wide swath of the country, and it has led to more than a thousand flight cancellations already. This time, it is Democrats criticizing the Biden administration as the White House announces new immigration policies trying to crack down on the number of migrants crossing the southern border. Fox News' Tucker Carlson now has all of the January 6th video, much of it previously unreleased. I'll tell you about the deal he has made with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. We got an update this week on prices at the grocery store, and unfortunately, they keep going up. There's a new Rolling Stones collaboration with Paul McCartney we'll tell you about. And as always, I'll have On This Day in History. It is a big day in Texas history. And also on this February 23rd, Eminem introduced us to one of his alter egos. All right, let's get started here with weather affecting much of the country. A strong, intensifying storm system has continued to trek across the lower 48. You're seeing blizzard conditions and winter weather across the upper Midwest. It has led to widespread power outages and has really ground travel to a halt. At least 75 million Americans today are experiencing either a winter storm, ice storm, blizzard warnings, or some other winter weather advisory. This storm is huge. It actually knocked out power to certain parts of California. It closed interstate highways from Arizona to Wyoming and prompted more than 1,500 flight cancellations yesterday. It's still going to be another 24 to 48 hours for some of you before all of this goes away. Incidentally, some of you in the southern half of the country are seeing record high temperatures. It could go up to 80 degrees in Washington, D.C. today. You could be seeing record highs for this time of year from Baltimore all the way down to Florida. But back up north, Minnesota really is at the epicenter of this storm, and it's strong by even Minnesota winter standards. I told you about those 1,500 flight cancellations. Nearly a third of them were uh, flights either set to arrive or depart out of Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. More than 20 inches of snow may pile up in parts of Minnesota and Wisconsin. And again, that is huge even by Minnesota standards. Their record high in the Twin Cities was 28 inches back in 1991. They may get very close to that today. Following these winter storms, temperatures will plunge in that northern half of the country. You could be seeing negative 20 or worse in North Dakota. Wind chills could go down to negative 50. All right, we continue to stay on top of immigration news here on the podcast. Let's head to the border now where the White House has announced a brand new policy they hope will limit a potential surge of migrants later this spring. That's when a pandemic measure known as Title 42 is lifted in May. We've been talking about this. This was the pandemic era measure, which allowed the U.S. to basically deport more than 2 million migrants that came across the border under the auspices of COVID. That goes away now in a matter of weeks. And so the White House has issued a new policy they hope will prevent a surge of new migrants. This new rule from the Biden White House presumes that migrants are ineligible for asylum if they enter the country unlawfully. This is a rollback of the U.S.'s traditional policy towards those fleeing persecution in other countries, basically allowing them to claim asylum no matter how they came into the country. This now says that if you come in here illegally, you will be sent back across the border. It's the toughest Biden immigration policy really in his two years in office. 
Also, as part of this new rule, it would allow for the rapid deportation of anyone who failed to request protection from another country while en route to the U.S. So say you came from Central America, you would have had to request asylum in each of the countries you passed through on the way to the U.S. If you didn't, we will deport you. Another policy here is if you don't use a new app the U.S. has rolled out to request asylum, you will also be deported. The Biden White House says the policy will take effect on May 11th with the termination of that Title 42. This new rule now would remain in place once it gets started for at least two years. We've told you for a while now that the Biden White House has been facing criticism from the right and even from moderates for being what they feel is too lax on immigration. What's interesting here is with this new policy announcement this week, the Biden White House is now being criticized from the left, from Democrats, for being too harsh. A former Obama administration official who's involved in immigration policy, their name is Krish Omera Vinaraja, says that the rule, quote, reaches into the dustbin of history to resurrect one of the most harmful and illegal anti-asylum policies of the Trump administration. There are a number of Democrats that are comparing Biden's new policy here to Trump-era policies. There's another congressman, Chuy Garcia of Illinois, that called on Biden to abandon what he called a misguided policy. And the president of another immigrant rights group, Sergio Garcia, says that this move flies in the face of Biden's campaign promises to rebuild a humane immigration system. And you also have the ACLU, which says that they are ready to file lawsuits against the Biden White House for this new policy. This is all notable because it comes as the White House has already seen some success over the last few weeks with some of its newest policies that have also incidentally gotten criticism from the left. Several weeks ago, the government rolled out a new process for Venezuelans, Nicaraguans, Cubans, and Haitians coming across the border, allowing for the rapid expulsion of those nationalities if they attempted to cross the border without authorization. And so far, that new policy appears to be working for the Biden White House. January of this year had the lowest number of U.S.-Mexico border crossings since the first month of Biden's presidency two years ago. Staying with news related to that region, Mexico's former head of public security, effectively their FBI, has been found guilty of drug trafficking. In a federal court in New York on Tuesday, Gennaro Garcia Luna, he's the highest ranking ever Mexican official to be tried in the U.S., was found guilty of taking millions of dollars of bribes from the very drug cartels he was supposed to be cracking down on. Garcia Luna headed Mexico's federal police and was the country's top public safety official for six years from 2006 to 2012. While he pleaded not guilty, several drug traffickers during his trial gave testimony that Garcia Luna, again, effectively the head of Mexico's FBI, was actually on the payroll of Mexico's most powerful criminal organization, the Sinaloa Cartel. Witnesses said that Garcia Luna oversaw police tipping off traffickers about upcoming raids and worked to allow cocaine to pass freely through the country. He is the highest ranking current or former Mexican official ever tried in the U.S. He is set to be sentenced this June and faces at least 20 years in prison, but could get life behind bars. All right, before we get to the speed read, I want to thank a couple of our sponsors this week. Let's start with Bull and Branch Sheets. They're extending their special deal for Mo News listeners. We're all trying to stay warm this winter. We all also know how important sleep is. We spend about a third of our lives in bed. And so the sheets you have around you are so, so important. We often talk about sleep studies on this podcast, the importance of getting a good night's sleep. And my wife and I had the good fortune of getting Bowl and Branch sheets this fall, and it has been a game changer for us. They are made of 100% organic cotton. They get softer with every wash. And right now, Bowl and Branch is extending their special deal For all Mo News listeners, they're offering you 15% off plus free shipping for a limited time with the promo code MONEWS. 
We're actually looking right now to get a second set of sheets. That is how amazing they are. So I encourage all of you to head over to bullandbranch.com. That is B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com, where for a limited time, you can get 15% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use the promo code MONEWS, M-O-N-E-W-S. Again, that is Bull and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch, bullandbranch.com, promo code MONEWS. Now to another longtime great sponsor of the Mo News podcast, Athletic Greens. I first started using their AG1 supplement since the fall. The Athletic Greens AG1 powder is just one scoop with a glass of water in the morning. It's easy, it's quick, and it lets you get on with your day knowing that you've gotten 75 important ingredients, including tons of vitamins and minerals. It also has pre and probiotics to support your gut health. We know how important that is, and we also know how difficult it is to get all your vitamins every day. AG1 makes it easy. Again, just one scoop in a glass of water. And what's great is with your first purchase of AG1, Athletic Greens is giving Mo News listeners a free one-year supply of their vitamin D, as well as five free travel packs of AG1. You can head over right now to athleticgreens.com slash monews to take advantage of this offer. You can get a discounted monthly subscription or try it for just one month. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash monews. For this special deal, it'll really let you start to take ownership of your health. All right, now to the speed read. We'll start with Axios. And this may come as no surprise to most of you, but we learned officially this week that grocery prices again increased in January nationally after taking a brief break in December. Among the areas that saw the highest increases in grocery prices, Denver, which was up 2% between November and January, and DC, which was up 1.6%. Chicago had one of the lowest increases, just under 1%, but this is a big deal for so many Americans. Nearly two out of three Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and rising prices are inflation's most immediate bite. Looking ahead this year, food prices right now, according to the Department of Agriculture, are set to increase over 8% through the year. Now, that is less than last year. That's when grocery prices increased 12% over the course of 2022. But it does mean that if those numbers hold true, that means that in December of this year, you'll be paying 20% more for a grocery item compared to what you paid for just two years ago. So if something cost 10 bucks back in December 2021, it's now 12 bucks. Something was 20 bucks, it's now 24 bucks, and so on and so forth. I'll leave you though with one piece of good news when it comes to food. The price of eggs is expected to drop after wholesale prices have fallen from record highs. It appears we've gotten through this avian flu epidemic. So you should be seeing the price of eggs, the price of a dozen eggs come down near you. All right, a politics meets media story that we're watching via the New York Times. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has given Fox News' Tucker Carlson exclusive access to 41,000 hours of Capitol surveillance footage from the January 6th riot. Producers for the Fox News opinion host were on Capitol Hill for the past week digging through the trove of archives, which includes multiple camera angles from all over Capitol grounds, including how rioters got in and how members of Congress escaped the building. Tucker Carlson says that excerpts will begin airing soon in the coming weeks. Carlson, for his part, has repeatedly questioned official accounts of January 6th. He's downplayed the insurrection as vandalism, claims that the rioters were actually instigated by undercover FBI agents. These accounts previously have been the subject of Tucker Carlson documentaries that have actually received criticism from journalists who work alongside him at Fox News. The top House Democrat, Hakeem Jeffries, said that party members were working to learn more about why Kevin McCarthy handed all this footage over exclusively to Tucker Carlson. They are peeved that Carlson will have access to all this footage, calling him somebody who peddles in conspiracy theories and pro-Putin rhetoric. 
As speaker, we should remind all of you that it's up to McCarthy on what he can do with the tapes. He appears to have given it just to Tucker Carlson's team. It's not even clear that the rest of the Fox News organization will have full access to it. Keep in mind, Tucker has been very critical of Kevin McCarthy, particularly around that speaker election. So the decision to give him access to footage is seen as an attempt to curry favor with the host. McCarthy has not given any other media outlets the same footage. For the record, though, the Justice Department has given the hundreds of January 6th defendants access to all the videos in its possession. That's just part of the legal process, though they have only been able to use the footage as part of court cases, and it's been shielded from public release by a protective order. Other news organizations have sought to get all this video, but so far have not been successful. Okay, now to this from Politico. As President Biden closes out his trip in Europe, he said on Wednesday that Russian President Vladimir Putin made a big mistake by suspending his country's participation in the last remaining U.S.-Russia nuclear arms treaty. Biden condemned the Russian decision to pull back from the treaty known as New Start. We told you about this on yesterday's podcast. The move is expected to have an immediate impact on U.S. visibility into Russian nuclear activities. Following President Biden's trip to Kyiv, he's been in Poland to reassure Eastern NATO countries that the U.S. will remain by their side amid the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine. Biden was meeting yesterday with what's called the Bucharest Nine. That's Bulgaria, Czech Republic, Estonia, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Romania, and Slovakia. Those countries are on the easternmost parts of NATO and are particularly concerned that if Putin is successful in Ukraine, that they could be next. Biden's meeting with those countries on Wednesday came as Vladimir Putin himself was meeting with China's foreign minister. The foreign minister in Moscow said that the Chinese-Russian relationship will, quote, never be dictated by any third parties, a clear reference to the U.S. saying, don't get involved in our relationships. Both Russia and China are united when it at least comes to one thing, which is they don't want U.S. unipolar control of the world dominating global leadership. They prefer a multipolar world, as in there's multiple power centers who can agree on things when it comes to international affairs. Since the start of the war in Ukraine last year, China has claimed to be neutral, although it has made many comments supporting Russia. Most recently, the U.S. has been concerned that China may actually be ready to give Russia weapons to help them in the second year of the war. That's something that so far China denies. Okay, back here at home, we have this from the Reuters news service. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg will travel today to the site of a toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. While there, he is set to receive an update from the National Transportation Safety Board. That's the lead agency that's investigating the crash. Right now, Buttigieg and the Transportation Department are investigating all things from the rail line to how the crash happened. This investigation could take a year and a half to complete. His visit there does come as he's faced harsh criticism from the conservative media, from Republican lawmakers, and even some Democrats for his failure to go to the derailment scene sooner. And it does come as there are questions about how the Transportation Department's oversight of freight railroads like Norfolk Southern has gone. Buttigieg earlier this week, we told you about this, announced new measures to get rail companies to increase their safety measures. That includes updating to more modern brakes. Right now, rail lines use braking technology that was invented around the Civil War. Buttigieg and the Transportation Department are hoping that this will now allow them to better regulate the train lines. There were a whole bunch of regulations that were proposed nearly 10 years ago during the Obama administration, but many of them were not implemented. The rail lines lobbied against them. That lobbying then led for them to be completely reversed during the Trump administration. So Buttigieg has actually pointed fingers over at the Trump White House for rolling back a series of those rail safety regulations in response to the lobbying. One of those regulations, again, would have required faster brakes on certain kinds of hazardous trains. 
Incidentally, Buttigieg's trip to East Palestine comes a day after former President Trump was there. Yesterday, he told crowds that he cares about them and Biden doesn't. And Trump went around distributing water and supplies, making a point, by the way, that some of the bottled water he was giving out was Trump brand water. This all comes as Trump is running for president again and view this as an opportunity to reach out to some of his base voters. Our final Speed Read story appropriately comes to us from Rolling Stone magazine. They report that the rock group, the Rolling Stones, have enlisted the help of a prominent bassist for a new project they're working on. His name? Paul McCartney. A source tells Rolling Stone magazine that, based on their knowledge of the sessions, McCartney is contributing bass to one new Rolling Stone song. There was an initial report that Ringo Starr, the Beatles drummer, is also participating, but so far, folks there appear to be denying that part of the story. The Rolling Stones have spent the past few weeks recording new music in L.A. with a producer who's also worked with Post Malone, Ozzy Osbourne, and Molly Cyrus. And apparently the project is nearing the mixing phase, which means we're getting close. The Stones were interviewed last year saying they actually could have put out an album, but COVID effectively paused it. Incidentally, as we're talking about Paul McCartney and the Stones here, this April marks 60 years since the Beatles first met the Rolling Stones. I actually posted a photo on the Instagram account yesterday. April 14th, 1963, the Beatles and the Stones first met at a club in Richmond, England, called the Crawdaddy Club. And while there were reports through the years that the uh, bands hated each other, effectively they got along. Mick Jagger actually inducted the Beatles into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the late 80s. All right, now to On This Day in History. Let's start way back, just about 570 years ago. On this day, in 1455, the Gutenberg Bible was first published. You may have learned about this back in history classes. Johannes Gutenberg's Bible edition was the first book ever printed with movable type. It heralded the age of the printed book in the West. The ability to produce hundreds and then thousands of copies made the Bible a commercial opportunity and led to a cultural revolution. Obviously, later, the Reformation. And then, of course, that technology led to books beyond the Bible being published. All right, let's fast forward here to the 1800s. On this day in 1836, February 23rd, during the Texas War for Independence, the Mexicans began their siege of the Alamo. It was eventually captured after 13 days, but became for Texans a symbol of heroic resistance If you grew up in Texas, you know your Alamo history. Okay, a couple celebrity birthdays for you now. Kristen Davis, a.k.a. Charlotte from Sex and the City, turns 58 today, while comedian Aziz Ansari and actress Emily Blunt both turning 40 years old today. All right, now to a bit of music history. On this day 55 years ago, you're hearing that right now. That is Otis Redding sitting in the dock of the bay. That album was released on this day in 1968. All right, now to the 90s. 24 years ago today, Eminem released his second ever album, the Slim Shady LP. And finally, 21 years ago today, Ja Rule and Ashanti got together for Always On Time, which reached number one on February 23rd, 2002. All right, I want to thank all of you for listening to the Mo News Daily Podcast. Please follow us or subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. So appreciate everyone's support. And if you can, leave us a review in the App Store. It helps us continue to grow this podcast. Every review matters, and we really appreciate your kind words. And beyond the podcast, don't forget to follow Mo News over on Instagram with our Instagram handle, at Mosh, at M-O-S-H-E-H. We'll see everyone back here tomorrow.